Saving it up Friday night With the Sultans With the Sultans of Welcome to the Sultan Slam for June 12th, 2020. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Reed, like maybe 30% Reed we're dealing with right now. What do you mean? You're like, you're very tired. It's yeah. Friday. I'm pretty fucked. Reach into that well of energy. The day is already half done. You're you're drinking an energy drink. Come on. So Come on. Oh my what? god. <laughs> you're like a toddler that just woke up. No. Great. My cat kept me up all night. I'm it, fucking your tired. Your cat kept you up all night. Let's wrestling, talk about that. Wrestling all sucks. Uh... uh <laughs> Welcome to Solid Slam, where wrestling sucks. Uh, let's talk about not wrestling, then. Let's talk about MMA. Fuck yeah. Mixed martial arts. It's something I'll be enthusiastic about. Uh, um, UFC 250. 250. Yeah, 250 uh, if, was... If UFC was a Pokemon, what Pokemon would it be? It would either be Ho-Ho or Lugia, right? Yeah. And then Celebi is, is 251. We can look that up later. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, we're also probably the only uh, uh, grappling podcast that has compared what UFC number we're on to what Pokemon we're on. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, this next up is Celebi, man. And then UFC 252, Trico. Get ready. Mudkip. It's coming up. Uh, so UFC 250 was not on Fight Island. Uh, Dana White still, whenever that man speaks, seems to have lost his mind. Uh, in in a great way, in a way that a man who runs the world's biggest MMA promotion should lose his mind. You know what I mean? I guess we all be we all make fun of Vince McMahon, but unfortunately, they all become Vince. Dana McMahon. White is crazy uh, in a different kind of way, though. Yes, like in more of like a blackjack and hookers kind of way, if that makes sense. Sure, like he's, <laughs> it, it's um it's a crazy thing to think that this owner of a multi-billion-dollar huge corporation goes on Instagram and tells his fans to fuck themselves. It's it's that's called fuck me money. There's yeah. fuck you money, and then there's fuck me money. Dana White has moved into the fuck me money yeah, thing, or, or which is like, where you just like a guy with three followers and an egg for his avatar. You tell that guy to fuck off. That's 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 where we're at. So, how was the pay per view? Uh, surprisingly really good. Um, on paper, like, View. <laughs> like there was, there's definitely some guys on there. People are like, oh, holy, you know, Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt, uh, even though Cody Garbrandt was on a three fight losing streak. It, it just, the main event was very weak. Nunez versus Spencer. Spencer's a tin can. Um, yeah. As happened by what you As know, you mentioned last as podcast. You'll, as you'll hear me talk about shortly. Um, but it turned out to be fucking great, mostly because of three fantastic finishes on the main card. Coming from Sean O'Malley. Ooh, sorry. No, that's okay. I'm just moving the mic uh, closer to you. Sean O'Malley. Uh, I'm always shouting. Ad, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Adjamain Sterling. Sure. Um, you need to listen to more Dave Meltzer so you get these pronunciations. Yeah, made. and then uh, Cody Garbrandt last round. So right. um, prelims are, I don't remember them. There is a good finish to one of them. Anyway, main card starts <laughs> and Sean O'Malley's up. So Sean O'Malley looks like a white SoundCloud rapper. He has the sure. bright hair. He has the face tattoos. He's right. skinny. Um, he's in the bantamweight division 145, but he's a tall, lengthy bastard. So he has lots of reach. Anyway, he's being very hyped up right now um, because he's very marketable. Yeah. Um, and he's very... Uh, enter- Clearly. <laughs> he's a very entertaining yeah. fighter as far as like, style goes. He stands up and all this stuff and he finishes fights. So he's fighting uh, some guy I don't remember the name of now. He's not like... He's like 15th ranked in the bantamweight division. So he's, you know, he's working his way Filthy up. Filthy Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he fights this guy and he gets the sickest knockout uh walk walk off knockout i've ever seen maybe the only one i've ever seen since i started watching mma um fucking drop this guy with a right hand i 
believe was a right hand anyway. I like I said before, I'm not super. I don't practice fucking MMA. Like so I said I before, I wasn't watching it. No, I, was no, just, it was I don't. Just pra- no, I'm trying to say I don't practice yeah. MMA, so I don't know the correct terms for these stuff. I'm not like a hardcore guy or anything. Um, but you got this beautiful right hand on the guy, and before this fucking dude even hit the mat and he was knocked out, Sean O'Malley already had his back turned and walking yeah, it's away. it's over. You could tell. And, yeah. and he, like, you could see in his fucking eye, he's like, yep, this just got me, like, this just upped my fucking ant. Like, not only did I get the sickest knockout, it made it look cool as shit. And I'm already, made the highlight I, reel. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he just, he fucking created his own highlight reel. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, and so that right. was already sick. You're like, how the fuck is anybody going to top that tonight? And then Cody Garbrandt's fight comes up. I'm going to skip Ajmain Sterling's. I'm going to come back to that after. Sure. Cody Garbrandt, <laughs> three-fight losing streak. Yeah. Everybody everybody knows why he lost his last three fights. He gets punched, like, twice. His, he sees red. And he, he loses just, his... He turns yeah, into... Yeah. Berserker. Yeah, he goes back into... Would you like, like to make mode. him fuck? Yeah. yeah. Would you like to make him fuck Berserker? <laughs> uh, he goes back into, like, street mode. And he starts swinging and banging, baby. Yeah. And he's always got knocked out because of that. Like that high school playground uh, fight style where yeah. you start swinging. You could tell this time. One, his hair is receding. He has matured. <laughs> Two, his beard is he at is least... He is physically and literally older <laughs> than before. His Three, his beard is at least twice as big. Right. Has he fought since the pandemic? That's just pandemic beard. And probably yeah. pandemic yeah. beard. Um, but so you could tell he's just... he's. Uh, he already seems a lot more calm and focused, and he gets to the, the octagon. And yes, just like his demeanor outside of the octagon, he is <laughs> calm and focused, but he is fast. He's the fastest fucking bandwagon I've ever seen. Um, and he's not getting into unnecessary exchanges and trading blows with this other guy. So it's going down. Round one, I believe. Like, no fucking time left. They're against the cage. Cody's back is against the cage. Ten-second buzzer hits. That's when they hit, like, the... Yeah. Let you know, yeah, yeah. Let you know 10 seconds is coming up. So Cody is going like this. He's defending. He waits for the other guy to overcommit with an overhand swing, ducks. And then while he's ducking, he brings over his right hand, knocks this dude the fuck out. And as soon as he hits the mat, that's when the buzzer rings. And he wins with a one-second KO. Excellent. So not only did he get the Sean O'Malley... Was that the end of the match or just the end of yeah, the Yeah, no, that was, that was the, that end, was the end. end. He knocked oh, him yeah. out. He wow. was done. Um, yeah, you're not going to make him fight after he gets knocked out. No, no, no. Out. But I mean, like, was that was that buzzer at the end of the round yeah, or the, the end, end of the... No, end of the round. Yeah. End of the round. Yeah. End of the first round. Um, so not only did we get the Sean O'Malley walk-off KO and thought no one's going to beat this yeah. for months, let alone tonight. Think about think about how you would feel differently about this if the buzzer went and then he knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be like, oh... <laughs> Now what? Um, so that was absolutely he crazy. He would lose, right? Yeah, it would yeah. be a disqualification. So Cody's back on track. He's looked, He's never looked better. Uh, he's just got to do the knockout a little earlier in the match. No, uh, it can't. Or at least five it was, seconds it was earlier. perfect. Yes, fine. sure. But, it was perfectly uh, you know. legal. Um, <laughs> no, it, was, it. It, was all about, it was all about patience and being calm and waiting for that perfect opportunity. And he did. He waited for the other guy to overcommit. And uh, he got him for it. Good um, for him. So yeah, so Cody's right back on track. Um, Adjavane Sterling... There's not much to say here because I don't remember a lot of the fight, but he got a very nice rear naked choke. But the most thing to talk about this is the post-fight uh, interview, right? Where he's talking about, I believe, Usman or something. Kamaru Usman, current uh, champion of the uh, 155 division. 
you t- uh, sure, I'll I believe think, you. I, um, I think. Uh, anyway, he's it's just like I have like, the internet here. He's just, like, he's just like Camaro, and he's supposed to say, "I'm coming for that ass." Oh, that's right. But yeah. he goes, "Camaro, I'm coming for, I'm coming on that ass." Does he say "coming on that ass" or he's, "coming in that ass"? No, he's coming. I'm coming on that ass. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a which quick, is there's a quick couple <laughs> there's a quick couple smirks from Joe Rogan and Adrian right. as they realize, and then he quickly went, "I'm coming for that ass, come for that ass," and that was really funny. And then the main event happened. <laughs> On that ass. Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. Um, Wasn't there uh, a match with a fellow who had just lost his brother or something like that? Yes, on and the prelims. It just led to like a post-match crying interview with Joe Rogan. Yeah, his brother committed yeah. suicide, I believe, or overdose or something yeah. like that. Or that's what people are assuming. Um, yeah, if, if we're talking about just other notable things on that card, uh, there's this really funny moment where... Uh, this might have been uh, a fight night a while ago, but there's this guy whose nickname is the Alpha Ginger... And sure. uh, yeah. this 10 second to the end of the uh, round hits, and he gets up and turns his back. And since there's still time left in the other round, the other buddy he just had on the ground runs up and fucking socks him. Of on course. The yeah, like, yeah, of course. It was hilarious. Uh, you see a lot more of that. Like, occasionally you'll catch a uh, an MMA bo- about that's not UFC. It's not even Bellator. It's like something you. All star pro MMA. Yeah. Something like, awful. Yeah, WEC. Uh, uh, there's the professional fighters. You get, you get a lot more of fighters turning their back on their opponent. Uh, leading to hilarious knockouts. Yeah. I saw a motherfucker wrap his leg around the... So, like, the guy was being pressured, and uh, the reach difference between these two fighters was astounding. So, uh, Buddy turns his back to mo- to walk away and get some distance, uh, to which his opponent just wrapped, like, the inner side of his foot around this guy's head and just knocked him the fuck out. Uh, good. Uh, uh, Nunez, what do, you, what do you have to say there? So Nunez was facing Felicia Spencer, uh, right. accomplished Canadian grappler who was an Invicta champion, Invicta being an all-female MMA promotion back in the day. Sure. Um, never had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda Nunez is the woman's GOAT. She's 8-0. and She's the first UFC champion to defend both her belts in both divisions. So even though Connor and D- Daniel Cormier have won two belts in two different divisions, they've never defended both belts. At the same time, you know what I mean? Right. So Amanda is going between weights and defending both belts against both leagues. And she's ran through both fucking divisions. There's no fights left for her. Time to fight Conor McGregor. Yeah, she's 8-0. <laughs> she's she's beat everybody. She's absolutely unbelievable. And for five rounds, she beat the fucking piss out of Felicia Spencer. She had a hematoma going on in her fucking head. Oh, God. Um, in, between, in between the fourth... This is between fourth and fifth round. The commentators... Everybody that I was watching with, everybody's saying, you have to throw in the white towel. Yeah. Like, this girl's, like, she hasn't had any offense in. Amanda just keeps fucking punching You're her. just doing damage at yeah, this point. Just yeah, just killing her. And her coach goes, go for the flying knee. Are you fucking I mean, well, why not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you just went for 20 minutes and got this shit kicked out of you, and you yeah. probably want to go to a hospital. Where was that game plan in round one? Yeah. Why wasn't <laughs> it just like, when the bell rings, go yeah. for the flying knee? So, yeah, just as everybody predicted, Amanda just fucking smashed her. Uh, I think TKO in the last round, so won. Uh, in a sign of what was... What's a TKO in MMA? Same as boxing? Uh, TKO, you fall, fall three times? TKO, no, not like that. Is <laughs> If I fucking knocked, if I punched you, you weren't out, but you were definitely dazed and went on the ground. Yeah. You were still aware, but you weren't fully able to defend yourself, and right. I started just feeding okay. punches onto you. That's See, a TKO. Your, your lights are still on, but nobody's home. Yeah, your lights yeah. are still on. You're, you're somewhat aware, but you can't... Okay. Properly, so that's the ref that calls yeah, it that. You can't, like, defend oh, this can't defend yes, themselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, imagine, Ref so, usually tells them to get their hands up or something, right? First, or yeah. just like push them off or whatever. Stop losing so bad. <laughs> no, okay, well um, it's over. So in a sign, what was supposed to be respect? I think uh, and it, didn't, <laughs> it didn't not come off that to me. It came off very disrespectful. It, oh yeah. Amanda Nunez took like one of her belts that she just defended and put it on like Felicia's shoulder. I think that's incredibly disrespectful. It's like, aha, you participated, you tried. Like Get here's, here's that belt you'll never fucking hold. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't appreciate that. It's like it's like winning the Stanley Cup and like giving it to the other team. Hey, you guys can hold <laughs> on to it. Like you guys tried really hard. Like, yeah. yeah. I get the respect between fighters. But if I was Felicia, I, I would see that as immensely disrespectful, personally. Oh, wow. You shouldn't hold the title before you win it in... in unless you're a heel. Yeah, unless you're a fucking huge heel. <laughs> Speaking of heels and or faces, are you ready to talk about AEW Dynamite? Which you didn't watch? Read. Uh, I watched Butcher and Blade versus... Well, FD then you watched the game. Matter, let's be honest here. Uh, AEW Dynamite for June 10th, 2020, Wednesday from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. The home of AEW Dynamite. JR promises us a loaded show. He is uh, joined on commentary, of course, by Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. JR says it's going to be lots of fun. Tonight, we have Cody versus Mark Quinn. Not Quinn. 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 Uh, for the TNT belt in the Open Challenge. An update from John Moxley. Colt Cabana versus Sammy Guevara. Both chasing a W. And as JR put it here, both men need to win. Unfortunately, need to win. Unfortunately, yeah. Do you remember, uh, like, uh, when he's like, Stacy the cat, she needs to get naked. <laughs> anytime, anytime uh, any sport uh, or anyone's interviewed and the term must win is uttered, there, is there any a sports platitude that is more meaningless? Like, is yeah. this a must win game? It's a could lose. Like, I guess fuck? it's different if you're like if you're like the Detroit Red Wings and you yeah. somehow get into the NHL playoffs every single year, even though you lose. And if it's every... a must must win, yeah. No, sorry. So that's your opinion of the Red Wings, eh? So, the third <laughs> most championships of any NHL team of all time, and they just somehow get into the playoffs. Every and they just somehow well not no, anymore. Um, but... No, but like you could say like so if a team's locked in for the playoffs, but they still have four like regular season games. They're not going to play their star players. Sure. They're not going to play their starters. I don't think those are being going to be referred to as must-wins, but when it comes to the that's playoffs... That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean, though. It's like, a must-win game. Oh, it's yeah, a no must-win for momentum when it really is. Let's let moratorium on that, because uh, every sports game is a must-win. Yeah, win. so when JR says it's a must-win for these gentlemen, like, are they going to lose their fucking jobs? Are they going to die if they lose? No, it's just bad. Then it's uh, not Then it's not a must-win. Six-man tag team. We have Santana Ortiz with Jake Hagar versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Aren't we skipping FTR? Versus... No, I'm running down the card. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. and Chris Stantlander versus Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose. And, of course, Butcher and Blade versus FTR, which is how we're starting the show. Hell yeah. Chris Jericho comes out with a full entrance. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocence personified. <laughs> uh, he comes in and he's going to do commentary as well, which means there are now four men on commentary, which is a bit much. People have different opinions on that. Uh, I think it was fine. Uh, but to be completely honest with you, Tony Schiavone could take a hike for a while Chris Jericho was on there. Nothing against Tony Schiavone. It's just four guys no, are going to talk over each other. Personally, I'd go so far as to say is like on the regs, they should have a two-man booth, Excalibur and JR. I think Tony is a, is Tony can be like your, your – <laughs> Tony can be your Renee Young. If, well, he, he that's is. Not, that's yeah. not like an insult or anything. Uh, no, Renee Young like is like the main – You need Tony Schiavone there uh, – who is slightly younger than Jr. Maybe not by much. But I don't think he adds anything to call. Jr. Reference Petticoat Junction 
on this show, and Tony Schiavone had to be there to be like, what? And then had to explain it for the viewers. <laughs> what the fuck JR is talking about? Uh, if it's not barbecue sauce, it's a show from the 60s or 70s. That's, that's JR in a nutshell. Love the guy. Anyway, Pyro, Butcher, yes. <laughs> Our boys. Uh, looking great. Uh, not looking schlubby after the pandemic here. Looking good. Yep. Um, Blade's got uh, bleached hair. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, Allie did the Bunny bleach, is did, no longer with them. Did he bleach his chest hair, though? No, it didn't seem like it. Well, that's it's yeah. in, uneven, then. I can't... Like, you know when somebody has a black goatee, yeah. but then blonde hair? I... Do you know what's my favorite part about Butcher and Blade? Mm. If you told me right now you were going to hand me $1,000 to hum their entrance music, I couldn't do it. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's... All I know is pyro, guitar, and Cacophony drums. of and, guitars. Yeah, and l- listen, listen. I'm a huge metal fan. Like, sure. All I fucking listen to is hardcore and thrash. Are you familiar with... Uh, so the Butcher and Blade are in a band together? No, no. Just, Separate bands. Just Butcher. and He's in a band called Every Time I Die. Yes, it's, he's a bassist. Yeah, from my yeah. understanding, they're more of like a... Like a high school emo kind of band. Chris Jericho put over the band here and mentioned that Butcher was a, a bassist. Chris Jericho is fantastic at putting over heels. That's like he does it in such a way that's just uh, uh, yes. So uh, FDR pulls up in their truck, which is how they also pulled up during their their debut. Uh, the weekend. I, hope, I guess that's, I hope when they're on the boat, they also pull up in a pull truck. Up in a truck. <laughs> uh, or, or like a dinghy, like they pull up on the side <laughs> of the boat. Fucking. <laughs> Uh, going to fish it like a rowboat. <laughs> okay, so we have Cash Wheeler has hair. Dax Harwood no hair. Why did they mix up their names? Uh, Dash. So Cash is hair. Yes, but in WWE, Dash was no hair. <laughs> oh shit! So let's Are mix you up the. Sure? <laughs> I bet you they're doing this on purpose. They're like, no, everybody gets us confused. So fuck it. Let's just like. Yes, I'm making a point now. Yeah. that I'm writing notes now to know these gentlemen's names. Uh. And they go by many names. <laughs> so, like, like Cash. Uh, what, is, what is it? Cash what? Cash Wheeler. And? Dax Harwood. That, wait too far. I don't even think it's Dax Hardwood. I think it's Dax <laughs> They should have gone, like, they should have gone John and Bob. John and Bob, FTR? Yeah. John, right. John and Steve or something. Like, Greg. I mean, there's very few Steves in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, because, no, no Steve Blackman. Yeah, so. yeah, after, after Steve Blackman and Steve Austin, what is there left? <laughs> there's nothing. That's all. That's all <laughs> to be fair, there may not be any Steves in wrestling, but the Steves we have had are very memorable. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have Stone Cold here, yes. yeah. and then you can't see it on audio, but I'm putting no. my head even higher, and then you have Steve, Steve Blackman. Blackman. Stone Cold never used nunchucks, yeah, Stone as far Cold, as I know. Was Stone Cold called the Lethal Weapon? <laughs> No. Did Stone Cold have well, Did Stone Cold have porn music as his theme song? No, no, he no. didn't. In many ways, Steve Blackman is a superior pro wrestler to yeah. Steve Austin. Before there was Stone Cold, there was Steve Blackman. Yeah, before the glass broke, there was there was just a broke guy. Anyways, Chris Jericho criticizes Tony Schiavone for swearing during the FTR segment, which is fantastic, as Chris Jericho swears more than anyone weekly on AEW Dynamite. He says the FTR might stand for follow the rules, as, of course, if you've been paying attention to any <laughs> any of the uh, online uh, uh, social media stuff to do with FTR, it's all about them being like, oh, we're going to bring back Old like school. proper tag team wrestling. Old school wrestling. Uh, they put over the fact that they're like holding the rope and making tags and stuff here. And to be fair, FTR did absolutely no flips here. Uh, they wrestled a fantastic match with the Butcher and Blade. There was an FTR team DDT on the Butcher, a superplex and elbow drop. 
Uh, but the blade manages to kick out of this. There is a new finisher known as the Goodnight Express, and then a Mindbreaker, which is a Spike Pile Driver for a one, two, three FTR wins. That was it. That was the debut of FTR. Uh, Young to Bucks. The surprise of absolutely nobody, Butcher and Blade are uh, always. Yeah. But listen, could you imagine the turn if Butcher and Blade wins here, and this is like the start of listen, their, their push? Everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows in this particular uh, podcast. That yeah. Butcher and Blade are boys, and they only get better every time they lose. That's right. Um, so as stronger. Long, as long, yeah. <laughs> like a Listen, Saiyan. Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> out of my brain. I was about to say they are Saiyans. They right. get. They get. Uh, Eventually, the tables will turn, and yeah, they will become. They get stronger every time to they win a match. Get closer to death. Yeah. They're going to be in some healing tanks. Yes, that's why the Butcher and Blade didn't kill FDR here because they need to fight them again to become more strong. You know what? Like, kind of a side note. It's it's uh it's funny we don't get that stereotype in wrestling of that you do in Dragon Ball Z of I only care about fighting and my whole purpose in life is to better myself as a fighter. I mean, you could you could point out some wrestlers no, but, that are basically but that, to but... such like to such a pure uh to such a pure gimmick of just basically Goku, which is like I'm going to put my son in jeopardy because I'm going to get a better fight out of it. Right. Like that's the I'm kind going of to die many yeah. Times. Like that'd be a yeah. cool fucking gimmick. It's probably used a lot in Japan. I don't watch it. Do you enough. know what gimmick we do get is Yamcha? Yes, we get lots the of Yamcha. Douchebag loser who gets blown up in a hole. Yeah, uh, <laughs> including the butcher and blade. Uh, Tony interviews FTR after the match, and the Young Bucks appear. Uh, they congratulate FTR on their match. Young Bucks introduce themselves. Uh, they have been carrying the tag team. They've been carrying tag team wrestling. Period for ten years. Uh, as uh, uh, Matt here cuts eight right. Sideburns. Do I have this right yet? Yes, Matt is sideburns. Nick is no sideburns. Yes! Matt is charisma. Nick is deadpan. Right. Okay. Uh, so he, he cuts kind of like... The Young Bucks came off as more heels here than FDR even did. I think uh, that's their... Like... I don't want to say that's their intention, but you can tell they're definitely... Yes. They're not going for a classic heel face thing. Because I think their thought process, and they would be writing this, is no one's going to want to boo FTR right away. Right. Because... Everybody, it's a smarky fucking crowd, let's face it. Yeah. No one's going to boot FTR right away. And you can try your best, but people aren't going to fully commit to a Young Bucks heel turn. I don't think they've been heel in ever. There is a lot of subtle storytelling that I will mention as we get through the show. And this was one of them, including uh, the Young Bucks saying, we are the best tag team in AEW in front of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, who are the champions and did beat them, yeah. uh, is excellent. That's uh, further pushing the Hangman. Right. So distinct. Butcher and Blade uh, jump Young Bucks from behind. Uh, FDR, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Woo! boys. Uh, FDR uh, essentially saves them, and then most of the tag division comes out here, including Adam Page in a like paisley shirt holding a drink uh, to to kind of settle things. And that was that segment. Dasha. After a commercial break, is interviewing the Natural Nightmares. Brandy has an issue with QT and Bunny, or Allie, as she's now known. Uh, it is not really acknowledged that Bunny was part of Butcher and Blade, just that she is now with QT. Uh, Dustin tells him he needs to focus on the match. Dustin has been a uh, tag team champion, and he needs and he's QT there to, to have that same hunger. Because apparently they get a tag title match versus Kenny and Adam Page next I don't week. like that. They, well, presumably they've been... Get, Gaining wins on uh, uh, Dark or something like that, Well, right? you say presumably. Do you know? I don't know that. Yeah, so then... No. Um, that's... I, I like AEW for making wins and losses matter, the records and everything. Yeah. But I don't like it when they do shit like this. Like we're, like last week where Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian got also a title got shot. Also got a title shot, yeah. It's like, why? Because they've been winning. 
on they're dark. also losing. Yeah, on dark. They're, dude, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you got to make that more plain if they have been winning on dark. Yeah. If so, you have to establish people winning on dark does count towards title matches. So the other weird thing that they do in uh, AEW is you will have an opponent for a pay-per-view, but you will have opponents throughout that are also championship matches. So they have to constantly harken back to, hey, next week the TNT championship champion will defend his title. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily true. Cody Rhodes said it would be an open challenge while he is champion. If Mark Quinn won, he could easily be like, open challenge is done, bitch. See yeah. you on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yes. So I thought that was weird, too. We now have Penelope Ford, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, and Hikaru Shida. Chris Statlander is going to be just stuck where she's at until we do something about this alien gimmick. I... And it's fucking mind-boggling. I have wrestling it's, too. It's yeah. mind-boggling. I haven't seen more people talk about it. Like I feel yeah. like you and me, the only ones that take you, me, and Jr. are the only yes. ones that take great issues. Even Jimmy Havoc has like I got to tone down this this indie garbage to fit yeah. in here. Yeah, and it's it's working perfectly for yes. him. Yes. Yeah, he's like no uh, more staples for right now. It's probably yes. not the best. We need to stop stapling things to people's heads. Yeah, you can, and you still get put over as that hardcore or whatever guy because yeah. the commentary will do it every time you come out. But you don't yeah. so. Yes, I think like when Chris Statlander is out there, the commentators have nothing to say. All Jr. has to say about her is she's big. Yeah, like, that's a big lady. That's all he has to say about her. Yeah, like uh, you, like you, like if she just had a different fucking gimmick. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Not a fan. I don't know, man. Uh, all right, Nyla and Chris Statlander fight to the outside. Ford kicks out of a Falcon Arrow. Kip interferes in front of the ref and is not a disqualification. Uh, he eats a, uh, a suicida from Chris Statlander. Uh, there's a belt hit on Sheeta here, and then a suplex pin, and Penelope Ford pins the champion and wins this match. That's what happened here. I don't think champions should be pinned. Uh, I think you had other it, Well, it, it was a cheating. The heels cheated to pin the champion. Yeah. So it wasn't by any means a clean pin here. There were yeah. two uh, distractions. I feel like the women's division is uh, spinning their wheels. I think you look at the men's but, division. You... So you can spin your wheels all you want, but to, until... What? What's next? Right. No, yeah. but that's what I was about to say. Um, you look, like we said earlier about that tank division, you already have that that really smooth transition between storylines between FTR and Young Bucks, but they're also planting seeds of dissension right. with Kenny and Hangman. You just don't, you don't see that careful planning and attention to detail in the women's division is what I'm trying to say. Well, there's less of them, yeah. uh, for one. And then no tag teams, right? So yeah. you, don't, you don't have natural alliances between people. Uh, in the same way that you have Orange Cassidy with best friends, but Orange Cassidy can also have yeah, a single Yeah, like, say what you want about the Nightmare Collective, yeah. and it was really fucking bad. It was them trying to do something different than the ones division, which I do appreciate yes. now. It was obviously the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think you I think you should go back into it with another... I don't want... You can do stable or a group, but have a much more basic approach about it. it like... Really, the wrestling's fine. Like, a lot of the women's matches I watch in AW, including this one, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. entertaining. Give, it's Ni- just give, the, yeah. give Nyla, like, two minions or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, Harkaru Shida can be, like, the sole fighting babyface. Chris Statlander can find other fucking aliens or something. <laughs> like, you know Turn what I mean? To her home planet or something. Yeah. Some like, find other female wrestlers that just boop each other on the nose or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Darby Allen, what do you know about him? He's not cleared to wrestle. However, Tony Hawk clears him to skateboard. 
Uh, Darby then eats shit trying to uh, jump from a ladder onto a, a ramp a dozen times. Uh, and then successfully does it and high fives Tony Hawk. And that's the end of that video. We get a video from Britt Baker that is not unlike the one we saw previously with her uh, trying to rehab her injury in her wheelchair and, and talking mad shit about being a role model. Good for Britt Baker. It's keeping her relevant. She's there at ringside in her fucking car thing. Uh, excellent. And then we get an action figure commercial. Those are coming out in August. Neat. Yeah. Get your weird looking John Moxley action figure. I don't want it. Uh, Santana Ortiz and Jake Hagar, the Inner Circle versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, inner Circle quickly divides and conquers. Of course, you have Chris Jericho on commentary while his boys are fighting, and it's fantastic. Chris Jericho is constantly putting over, uh, and as he has the whole time, uh, Inner Circle uh, strength in numbers. They don't hit each other with their moves. They are calculated, uh, and they will be together forever. Uh, the the disillusionment of, of Chris Jericho is fantastic. And uh, the, his love for his boys here is fantastic. Their love is reciprocated. If you heard Chris Jericho's podcast with the Inner Circle on there, you're like, these guys are just this all the time. No, yeah. Uh, uh, it's refreshing in wrestling anyway to have a heel stable full of heels that like each other. Yeah. I think that's You're why like, I believe these guys are hanging out. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> like, if you remember our like uh, our show of the year we did in January or whatever, I put over the Undisputed Air on NXT huge because they have a, not the same gimmick but they're like four Josh Duke douchebag friends yeah but they constantly are like high-fiving hugging each other getting super pumped up like in any other heel stable if the world champion FDR lost, did a lot of hugging too, yeah if in, in any other <laughs> heel stable if like the world champion or the tag team lost their titles the other members would be really angry at them it's crazy how much in hindsight that for that revolution pay-per-view it was like well Chris Jericho should probably keep holding this belt like people were thinking well Chris Jericho should keep holding it yeah and, and Chris Jericho dropping it to Moxley meant everything to Moxley and didn't do it yeah, didn't change Chris but, Jericho and, at all but to go into this go into this stable yeah. thing everybody thought that after Jericho lost the title then group would turn on and be like you're not the good leader anymore but no that's not their bond they strength them yeah yeah their bond strength is even stronger than before yeah which was it's yeah. fantastic it it's, can make even stronger personas and it makes <laughs> it makes sense in kayfabe jericho is this you know 20 plus year veteran in the business yeah. who has all this knowledge why wouldn't you want to be in his stable even if he wasn't a champion uh, if you do listen to that chris jericho podcast uh, they talk all about the stadium stampede match and every single aspect of it and, and how it uh, all kind of came together uh, and then Sammy Guevara uh, talks briefly about how uh, not only is he in the opening AEW Dynamite video more than anyone else, he's in everybody else's uh, like entrance video. You can just see Sammy Guevara getting his ass kicked. And Chris Jericho's like, the same thing happened to me. Like, you bump for everybody in, in such a way that it it's, it's exposure. Over. It gets you over, right. Uh, Chris Jericho, fantastic. Anyways... Uh, Inner Circle man manages to divide and conquer. They keep Orange Cassidy on the ramp, even. Uh, so basically, we have these three men versus Trent. Uh, however, there is a half and half, a suicida from Trent, and best friends regain the advantage after a commercial. Orange Cassidy gets a hot... Uh, Orange Cassidy, who I now abbreviate as OJ sometimes by accident. Uh, not uh, the murderer. Uh, more like Orange Juice. I would hope uh, so. Hot tag, he explodes on the inner circle as only Orange Cassidy can. However, uh, Jake Hagar clears house here. Uh, Orange Cassidy with a beautiful spiked pin thing that JR called something. It was a Russian something or other. It was a very fancy, he locked up his leg and then put his shoulders into the ground. And like Ortiz's body was just completely erect. Uh, but it was a pin. It looked awesome. Uh, anyways... 
he gets the pin. Orange Cassidy wins. Chris Jericho storms the ring with his baseball bat, and uh, the inner circle just start taking these men apart. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets busted open, and then he gets smacked with a sweet bag of Lancey oranges. Then he gets smacked again with a sweet bag of Lancey oranges. Then as they go to a commercial break, they are eating and squeezing the oranges into his cut. <laughs> uh, so if you watch nothing else uh, from this, go watch this. And also watch the next segment, which is MJF with Tony Schiavone. MJF calls Jungle Boy a jungle jabroni uh, who does not deserve a title shot before him. He's the most dominant thing. Uh, everybody in AW can only raise so high. Uh, they can't break through that ceiling because it is him. Uh, and he'll always be there to keep him down. Billy Gunn uh, mouths off to MJF as he is standing like a meter away from them at this point. Uh, MJF says something along the lines of, uh, y- you and your scumbag talentless sons that you're trying to get b- jobs here or something <laughs> like that. It's, that's fuck, fucking, it's incredible. That's hilarious. Uh, basically, mean, if, you, if you've seen Austin Gunn, he does, like, he has that, like, that Billy Gunn, like, like <laughs> je ne sais quoi like not je ne sais quoi but like that like I don't want to like that like that not like charisma because it's not like Billy Gunn that Billy Gunn charisma <laughs> <laughs> the most biggest compliment you can face that Billy Gunn we need no. someone with the charisma of a Billy Gunn no but Billy is confident on the mic he has sure. that smile that, yes. that million dollar he's smile. a brick shit house. Yeah. yeah Austin seems to have that kind of attitude which means he has more charisma than like a fucking like uh, Britt Baker. Things get heated here. Uh, MJF has to call in Wardlow. And uh, basically next week we're going to have MJF versus Billy Gunn. Well, Billy with Austin Gunn. Because he can't be Billy Gunn. Yeah. You have the gun club and his sons can be guns. Billy is just Billy. He cannot be <laughs> Billy Gunn. Why is he just going G U N N E? It's fucking. It's insane. Uh, the, what, the, what was it? The uh, the heart, the uh, doodlies or whatever. The, <laughs> the team Three D. They called yeah, them. Team Three D. No, you remember in TNA when they were uh, when Road Dog and Billy Gunn were the Voodoo Kin Mafia? Oh Jesus! And God. they had the Voodoo Lady, and like they were just dudes, and then she was an actual Voodoo Lady, and it made no fucking sense. A lot of things in Impact Wrestling doesn't. Hick and Barum at the Alamo. <laughs> At high noon! God damn it. <laughs> we get a recap of Colt Cabana and the Dark Order uh, and what's going on with them. And now we get a match with Sammy Guevara. Um, Sammy Guevara comes out on his little leg trike thing, uh, but you can see that this man is ready to go. The match starts with a lot of middle fingers. Uh, a lot of people tossing the bird at one another. Uh, I have written here simply, Sammy Guevara is so good. Uh, he, As a wrestler, as, as some, he sells an elbow strike to his head here. Like, you've never seen before. In this fucking TV match, uh, Cole Cabana, like, turns on him as he's running at him and just, like, cracks him in the skull. And Cole Cabana's fine on his own right. Like, Cole Cabana's a great wrestler. Uh, but Sammy's selling here, man. Fuck. So good. Uh, it made this... It elevated this match, in a way. Uh, no, Sammy's got, fantastic. I've written here, Brett's Rope Hulk Up by Sammy. Fuck yeah. Uh, Cole, Cole gains the advantage... Uh, however, there is a GTH from Sammy, and he wins. There's a lot of there's some flips. There's some. It's a good match. Uh, I would Excellent recommend. Excellent result. Sammy needed a win. Colt yeah, lose. It was pretty clear what was happening here. Yeah. And then, of course, after the match is over, Evil Uno and Grayson appear on the top of the ramp, completely shitting upon our dream booking uh, from last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and as the announcers say, uh, Evil Uno and Grayson are back. They've rejoined Brody Lee. Brody Lee comes out and helps Cole Cabana up off the mat, and uh, Cole Cabana is doing his like his pondering face, like. 
He's, he's doing like a, what should I do? What should I do, oh fans? <laughs> Joey Janelle is like, come on, everybody. <laughs> Get them all hyped up. Fuck. Uh, I've written here, there goes our booking. Uh, Brody helps Colt up and uh, follows Dark, and then Colt follows Dark Order out the tunnel. So, I don't know what, I'm very curious of what they're going to do with Colt Cabana here, uh, to be completely honest with you, because I think that's, it, Dark Order just takes in losers, and then they continue to be losers, but at least they're losers together. They have a family, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm very curious what what happens here with Cole Cabana. Especially because they have Evil Uno and Grayson, who we haven't seen wrestle that much, admittedly. Right? A lot in the beginning. They were wrestling mostly yeah. every week in the beginning. But then we got, like, other tag teams, and it was like, you guys can hang out on Dark. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit, the Dark Order sucks. <laughs> uh, Sammy starts mouthing off on the microphone here, saying he is the fucking best uh, wrestler in AEW. Uh, there's there's no one like him. Blah 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 blah. Matt Hardy. He's not appears. far off, honestly. He's he's, <laughs> he's not. Uh, Matt Hardy appears. Matt Hardy has some kind of. He's like he's like a, a cheerleader for people now. He's like just going. He goes from like private party. He goes to Sam. He's like, I respect you, and you're a good wrestler. <laughs> if he's uh, if his gimmick is I'm not going to wrestle and just put over just put people, people over. Like, uh, I would even go as far as to say this seems to be building to a, a Matt Hardy. Matt should, have a, yeah. Matt should have a different persona slash gimmick each week that. Is drastically different. So the thing about Matt Hardy here is he's all his personas at once. Because now they're not doing the thing where he changes gimmicks. He is just seamlessly going between them. And I don't like Matt Hardy. Like I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been won over no, by I Matt get, Hardy yet. However, stuff like this is quickly getting him over with me. Yeah. In that he comes out uh, and he tells uh, Sammy that listen, if you want to reach your full potential in this business, you need to get the fuck away from Chris Jericho. Which again is subtle. This was WWE. Uh, Sammy would turn on Chris Jericho by Friday. However, this is AEW, so they could be, he could turn on him a year from now or two weeks. But from you now. do, yeah. But you do this slow build that you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, if they're uh, if they're building towards like uh, uh, Sammy Guevara being like managed by Matt Hardy yeah. in some capacity, I'm down for it. Uh, Sammy tells him to shut up. You're a crazy person that tried to kill me twice with a golf cart. <laughs> uh, See, but yeah, at the same time, people don't forget. That's right. Uh, so Matt Hardy starts to rapidly change gimmicks. He starts giving out some Matt facts. And by the end of this argument between Sammy and Matt, uh, he becomes broken Matt Hardy and Damascus. just starts shouting uh, delete. At his his like demeanor changes and his face changes. And I'm like, this is like some fucking performance art that Matt Hardy's doing here. Yeah. And, and his... The fact that he came out there, like, I respect you, Sammy. This is what you need to do. This is what you need. Hey, you're you're a fucking murderer. You tried to kill me with a golf cart. Listen, here's some Matt facts. Oh, yeah. Matt's a great driver. He, he would never hit someone with a ball. And then by the end of it, he's just, delete, delete. I'm yeah. crazy and laughing. What I would uh, like is... Uh, really good. If we get to the point where this where this is overplayed, all you gotta do at that point is switch it to more of a comedic side. So now, uh, now Matt's not doing just his own gimmicks, he's doing other gimmicks. Yeah. So, like, he comes what, out as Cactus yeah, Jack. He'll show up as Stone Cold <laughs> one week, he'll show up as fucking Macho Man one week. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of real trodden territory at this point. Isn't yeah, it? but, but for, for good reason, Lee, everybody loves a good impression. Uh, I like this. Uh, and like I said, me, not the biggest Matt Hardy fan, especially this, this fucking current incarnation of all Matt Hardy's at once but his dissension from like a nice well-meaning Matt Hardy into a fucking lunatic by the end of this was fantastic yeah. uh, and I bought into it which is crazy because what you're watching is like I said like a performance art uh, Joey Janela gets a vignette he's drinking away his sorrows He's uh, talking about how uh, maybe his best days as a wrestler are behind him. He used to be main eventing with John Moxley. Now he's like a fucking joke. Uh, so he's wandering uh, drunk down the street. He's always been a fucking uh, and he, joke. 
and he's picked up by Sunny Kiss. Uh, and they drive away, and we get a to be continued, and that was the end of this. Mm. That's all we got. Oh, okay. Uh, next week, Billy. <laughs> Try. Billy ah. versus MJF. <laughs> I wish every wrestler The Natural Nightmares in a title shot versus Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Le Sex Gods versus Best Friends. And the Best Friends are putting up their title shot in this match. Uh, Best Friends, of course, earned a tag team title shot uh, in the prelim- in the opening, the preliminary match, of uh, the last pay-per-view. Uh, if they are beaten here by Le Sex Gods, Sammy and Jericho will be the challengers. Oh, interesting. Uh, but both of those men seem to have their own uh, Fighter Fest uh, programs right now. Chris Jericho with Orange Cassidy and Sammy with Matt Hardy. Uh, so I, I, I think Best Friends are, are going to win. Really? Yeah. Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc have a name now as a tag team. What are they? Super Bad Death Squad. What that's like. There's so much death in this uh, in this death triangle. <laughs> death triangle. Death triangle. <laughs> death guys. There's the uh, the death. There's the hardcore watch? death yeah. match legend Luther. Um, the, uh, the the super bad death squad will face the young bucks next week. They should just call themselves Super Death. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Those guys are like a real tag team now, I guess. So. They call themselves the spinning wheels because they don't know what they're fucking they doing. They don't know what they're fucking doing. Put them in a tag team, damn Someone's, someone's going to lose. Uh, John Moxley's with Alex Marvez in the parking lot. Uh, starts talking mad shit about how uh, Taz keeps bringing up his name on TV and how he's not very happy with it. Taz appears. It's Taz. Taz appears. Uh, Taz says he was in a nearby trailer and heard John Moxley shouting his uh, mouth off. Uh, so he gets in John Moxley's face. This leads to a parking lot fight between Moxley and Brian Cage, who is shirtless but wearing jeans. Which, let me tell you, for a man who looks like a roided-up Wolverine, is a good look. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's... Sh- <laughs> All you need now is the cigar in the closet. <laughs> You're fine. He's there. He's like, ah! Uh, did you watch The Half in the Bag with that Neil Breen five-hour making movies thing? I think... Did you hear the part where they're talking about the Milverine? The guy who like would walk around Milwaukee looking like Wolverine all yes. the time. Okay, uh, I think Brian Cage is like a firing away from being the Wolverine. <laughs> He's just like, I'm just going to take my talent to the streets. And just... Except someone would be calling the cops. If you saw that motherfucker walking around with no shirt downtown, you'd be like, oh my fucking god. Uh, anyways, uh, John Moxley gets his ass kicked here, and at the very end, Brian Cage puts him through the back window of a car. It was pretty awesome. You should nice. check this out. Uh, we have the TNT Championship match as we're running out of time here rapidly. Uh, we get a video with uh, Cody put, putting over Mark Quinn. Um, Private Party appears with Matt Hardy, their cheerleader. Uh, this this match went on too long, in my oh, opinion. Oh, a Cody match? It went too long. Cody match going too long. However, booked. he's been listening. Didn't take off his belt. Belt stayed on until the end. Did, did, was there any interference? No interference. Just a wrestling match? Just a wrestling match. Oh, okay. Uh... And it was fine. Uh, but still, it went too long. Fucked up. Well, it's not like the match felt long. It's just like, we're not going to do a 15-minute Cody Rhodes match at the end of every AEW Dynamite oh. from here on out, are we? <laughs> uh, you got to start the show with, with one of these once in a while. Uh, or do a quick one. Anyways, pretty back and forth fight. Uh, great stuff. There was a 450 ramp splash by Mark Quinn uh, that looked pretty nasty. Uh, selling his hurt leg, of course, that he he got a couple weeks ago and or a week ago in the thing. Uh, he misses a shooting star press. Cody cranks his leg. I have written here, and Mark Quinn is forced to tap at the end of this. There is a show of respect between the two men, of course, both both faces. Uh, Jake Hagar appears. 
at the at the end of this. He's standing on the on the ramp, looking like a fucking lunatic. Uh, he a- approaches the ring, and as he gets through the ropes, he attacks Arn Anderson. Cody quickly comes to Arn's uh, save. Here, the inner circle shows up. Private Party and Matt Hardy show up, uh, and there's a huge brawl, ending with Cody saying. I assume, uh, Jake Hagar, that you want a TNT title shot at Fighter Fest. You fucking got it, buddy. And that was the end of the show. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I've liked the last how many weeks of AEW Dynamite. It has been anything but a chore to watch. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Fighter Fest. I think this company, with no crowd, has uh, still managed to gain momentum in terms of, of what they're doing. And I hope they stay the course. Did and you that's... hear they fired Paul Heyman from Raw? Did they really? When? Like from a from a writing everything? Yeah, he's purely yeah. on screen character on screen character again. That's weird to be like you're fired. See you tomorrow. Well, no, <laughs> like their fucking problem is is that they gave all the stars to SmackDown because they're on Fox. Yeah, and then they're like then they're like all right, Paul, get people on Raw over, and then he was, and then it then he was, and it was working, and then Becky got pregnant, and now Vince's like, all right, fucking, why'd you do that? Why aren't people over in one week? Yeah, like, well, what you gonna do? Uh. That's the show, man. That's the show, man. When I say that's the show, I mean that's this part of the show. Oh, surprise. You might notice right now on the amount of time left on this podcast that you're only halfway through, listener. And I'll tell you why. That's because right after this, you're going to hear a review of Total Bellas Episode 9. And you're going to hear a live commentary on the last, the season finale of Total Bellas coming up from me and maybe Krista (laughs) later today. Uh, Reed, thank you for joining me. Everybody hang tight for uh, Total Bellas. Otherwise, we'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks for uh, sticking around. We're going to quickly talk about Total Bellas Season 5, Episode 9 from the E! Network. Krista is buzzing about here, uh, but does not uh, intend on weighing in on this episode. She will, however, join me for the commentary of the finale. Uh, This episode looks fun. We have Daniel Bryan crying and convulsing in a tent. Uh, more talk of, of divorce and how unhappy he is with Bree. And uh, let's go. Uh, vocal coach meeting. Bree is uh, a bit tone deaf. Uh, it, it seemed, I think that with help she'd be able to sing. Why Bree is trying to sing and why Nikki is along with her for this lesson, I cannot uh, explain. And now it's a title break. We're taking over. We're taking over the world. It's a podcast recording. There is a man there by the name of Andy. He is a meditation specialist. I don't remember what he... Krista, do you recall what this man was was supposed to be? No. Uh, He's from Europe somewhere. He's got a bit of an accent. He uh, does something to do with meditation. uh, And Bree and Nikki are big fans. So talking to this man, Bree brings up Daniel Bryan's depression... Uh, and how uh, they they use this guy for for everything from depression to trying to fall asleep at night. Uh, Artem shows up at the end of this, and uh, Andy turns out lived in Russia and speaks Russian. Uh, there you go. Uh, so it's kind of put on uh, the spotlight's put on Nikki that uh, while she has throughout this series uh, attempted to learn Russian words, she has retained nothing. Uh, and then Andy is gone out of this episode, and we never speak of him again. Uh, Nikki and Bree. Uh, are, are they're out to lunch or something? These people are constantly going for lunch uh, or for a coffee or just hanging out in public so they can film angles for their reality show. Uh, talking about how Bree is doing, uh, she mentions that Daniel Bryan has plans to, uh, to take her to Sedona, Arizona, which is near Flagstaff, for those Arizona enthusiasts. 
and uh, th- there's a there's a Native American retreat with a healing tent in the whole th- shebang. Uh, and also happens to be where Bree and Brian were married. And uh, Brian thinks that uh, th- th- perhaps if they're able to heal his depression, they would also be able to heal his marriage. It's a wine dinner. We learn that Bella Rodici is having some kind of huge wine event in Paris, France, or Burgundy, France. It wasn't Paris. It was Burgundy, I believe. And uh, so shit's going down in France uh, to come, and they're set, they're planting seeds for the finale here. They're at a wine dinner. If I'm not mistaken, this was a wine dinner to announce or celebrate the fact that they're going to France. Most of the family is there. JJ's hanging out, uh, and Artem announces that his parents have been given a visa uh, to travel to France, and they will in fact meet them in France, and Nikki will be able to meet Artem's parents. So that's fun. Uh, immediately, busybodies Bree and her mother uh, are wondering what this could mean. Could it be a proposal? Uh, this is bullshit. Why weren't we invited? Uh, Etc. Of course, Bree is invited because she's one half of Bella Radici brand. Uh, Nikki also is uh, having a hard time uh, containing her uh, level of upsetness here while she's probably a few glasses of wine in. Uh, in the idea that she thought she was just going to go to France and get sloshed for a week, and now suddenly there are stakes. Artem's parents will be there. She will have to remain sober, and this is this is something that makes Nikki upset. Uh, she she's nervous, as she should be. Uh, Bree here again talking to her mother. Uh, there's another scene coming up with the two of these people. Just fuck off, uh, Bree and uh, and her mom. Back at home, Artem might have a job on something called flirty dancing. I didn't research what this is. I assume it's a television show. Uh, Artem's a charismatic guy. I could see him hosting a dance show or, or being part of a reality show, much like Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I, don't, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. I don't know how much of a personality Artem was on that. I assume he just danced and looked good. Uh, and that was kind of it. I don't know. Dancing with the Stars, do they show them practicing and stuff? Do they record them? I've never watched it. My parents watch it. Uh, maybe they know Artem. I'm going to ask them tomorrow at brunch. Do you know who Artem is? Just see what happens. Uh, anyway, good for Artem that he's got a job here. Uh, the passage of time, again, is suspect. We don't know how much time has passed since his firing. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. All right. Uh, so, we uh, we get Birdie uh, hanging out with Bree and their mom. And uh, the mom decides... If Artem is, in fact, going to propose, then I need to be there. I don't know what this is based on. Bree's also upset that if Artem is going to propose, that he didn't talk to Bree. And the, did he? The, apparently, Brian invited uh, Nikki's dad, of course, the estranged father that the mother hates uh, the shit out of. Uh, and these two cunts uh, are trying to insert themselves into uh, Nikki and Artem's uh, relationship and, in fact, what's going to happen. At some point... In the midst here, the entire Bella extended family invites themselves to France. Uh, So, looking forward to the finale. We're off to Sedona, Arizona, near Flagstaff. We get a wedding flashback, and I realized... I've seen this wedding before. Uh, Brie and uh, Daniel Bryan's wedding was on either Total Bellas or Total Divas. I guess it would have been Total Divas. Uh, So, I'm like, oh, I've seen this. And then I realized I've been watching these fuckers for... Nine years or something. Enough. Anyway, uh, so they're off on their retreat. Uh, we get Nikki, uh, who's in a car with uh, Artem, and she says, 
Artem, I would like to learn Russian. Artem's like, you have said this three different times during the series so far, but luckily I am taking you to a Russian deli where you can learn Russian. Uh, so this was just a, a setup reality show bit. So usually this show is pretty good at hiding this, uh, but having Nikki be like, I want to learn Russian, and then Artem's like, uh, what a coincidence. Let's go to this Russian deli and talk Russian. Uh, so that's this segment. Uh, Nikki and Artem have seemed to work through their... Uh, any problems they have had. Uh, the story with them is simply a crash collision course with pregnancy and marriage. <clears throat> Back in uh, Sedona, we're greeted by the uh, Native American healer as it was. And I quote, wrestlers, huh? He says, uh, this is some hippie ass shit I have written here. After ceremony, Brian is convulsing and crying his ass off. Rahelio who is the what is the, the name of the Native American hero, healer. Uh, basically, we, we don't have cameras during the ceremony. You can't. You would see ghosts and uh, Native American spirits. And they not only can they not be captured on camera, they would be angered by this and likely uh, massacre everyone in the tent. So the cameras have to stay outside. We just have a microphone plant inside. Microphones are okay. Ghosts don't mind being picked up on microphones. In fact, they prefer it. Uh, but so shit's going down in this tent. We hear uh, noises. We hear uh, they do a little chant, uh, which is a pretty pretty white bread here. It's just kind of like, "Hey, Mother Nature, what's up? We thanks. Hey, heal us up. Okay, cool. Thanks. We respect you. Be good. Everybody have a good time." Uh, so Brian's crying. He's losing his mind. Uh, as he says here, his mind just lets go. Uh, and he's, he's having a rough go of it here. Bree's like, oh shit, I look over at, at Brian and he's crying his ass off. Something's really wrong with this guy. Uh, Bree's very aware that Dale Brian's had bouts with depression throughout this series, even ones that we've, we've witnessed. Uh, but Brian has a good cry here and seems to be better for it. Uh, it has healed him whether or not it has healed his marriage currently inconclusive. Uh, on the drive uh, to their next stop, which we learn is a, uh, a shaman, uh, Brian, again, seems very unhappy. He's uh, talking to to Bree uh, about what they can do. Uh, living a simple life is, is all he's ever wanted. They have this huge house. Uh, Bree has three different companies she's running now. Uh, they're, uh, Brian is more or less the same person for this, as far as we've known him. Uh, but Bree has come a long way. Uh, she used to be way more into this, uh, let's call it hippie stuff. Uh, she seems way more pragmatic now, way more into business focused on uh, her own success. And uh, they've drifted apart in that regard. Uh, they do seemingly love each other, uh, but th but there's a lot to work to work out here. All right, uh, we cut to Nikki and Artem who are babysitting Birdie. Uh, I was very worried here we'd have a Chandler and Monica situation where uh, we would in fact... Sorry, distracted there. My phone ringing off the hook. Uh, my chicken sandwiches. Something might be wrong with them. Krista, the chicken sandwiches. I hope they're all right. Karen's on the way with our order in six minutes. So it's time to wrap this up. As I was saying, Nikki and Artem babysitting Birdie, and I was worried we'd have a Monica and Chandler situation. Uh, a little different situation there, of course, because uh, they were trying to get pregnant. Uh, so unfortunately, they had to do it with the kid uh, either in the next room, which I don't think is that egregious. It is a little bit in the fact that they're babysitting someone else's kid. And they left them unattended to fuck. Uh, as far as we know, Nikki, Nikki and Artem uh, do not have sex uh, here in, in uh, Bree and Daniel Bryan's house. Right? What? 
back in Sedona, we are met by a quote-unquote shaman. Uh, she, this is a, this is a white woman with blonde hair in her mm, early to late fifties uh, who talk, who talks like this and uh, kind of like Jay Leno apparently doesn't have a lot to say. Uh, she, she is the catalyst though for for you know uh, Brian kind of putting some things on Front Street here in terms of leaving Bree three years ago, which I believe was also on the show uh, where he was super depressed, where he couldn't wrestle, and he felt his his wife was. Uh, changing before his very eyes. And he uh, is skipped out. He just left. And uh, he feels really bad that uh, Brie was kind of abandoned and felt uh, that perhaps she thought being away from her is, is is what he needed. Where, in fact, I don't know, this kind of starts talking in circles here. But they forgive each other for whatever that transgression was. And the shaman says some bullshit and that's the end of the scene. Uh, back home, Brie in a talking head says, you do have to work on a marriage. They're hard work. Uh, maybe not verbatim, but she says something along those lines, uh, which is a good breezeism here. Anyway, uh, I don't feel that these people have uh, completely worked through their issues at all. Uh, I think this was a step in the right direction, but we're about to hit the finale where I believe Brie ends up pregnant, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so to that end, okay. All right. Back in Los Angeles, Artem orders a beer and Brie shows up. Uh, at first I was very upset that he was meeting with Bree because I thought Bree might have asked him to. That's what I assumed when this this started. But actually, in fact, Artem needs a favor, and the favor is he bought a ring, uh, and unfortunately, it will not be ready to go to France with him, uh, and he needs to rely on one of the thirteen to fourteen Bellas uh, that are going to to France to to bring the ring, and he trusts Bree with this as the person who also took him to the most expensive. Uh, ring merchant uh, possible where this guy was casually talking about half million dollar rings and I hope to God Artem you took the sensible route and got a very nice looking he he seemed to imply he was going to get a job with TV and maybe this guy spent you know what do you what do you think Artem spent on his ring the, the number amount. like I'm, I'm thinking 30k right that's that's like I don't who Bree was expecting this guy to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> Without batting an eye when this man has been unemployed for most of this show and is just like a Russian dancer. Yeah, let me just let me just get $300,000 out of my... Insane. Anyway, he asked Brie for this favor. He seems uh, on a collision cl- course with Proposal. Uh, and Brie is very worried that Nikki is not the same place as him. And uh, it's going to end tragically. Of course, uh, all of this took place like a year ago and we know that Nikki and Artem have since married and are expecting their first child. So let's the wind out of the, uh, nervous balloon a little bit here, but I'm sure all the same in the finale, they will try to spin it like the aforementioned Chandler getting cold feet, uh, from marrying Monica, uh, right before it, it all comes back to friends. Uh, maybe that's what we'll review next is we'll review friends on the end of Sultans of Slam. We are going to take a break for dinner. Me and Krista are, and uh, when we come back, we will let you know when to uh, hit play as we do a live GD commentary of uh, episode 10 of Total Bella season 5 and put this baby to bed for good. And by baby to bed, I mean baby and Nikki because she definitely gets pregnant and they're going to show it. Oh, hey, everyone. We've had dinner. Uh, we fixed the laptop, which is falling apart. Uh, if you have a totally legally obtained uh, version of uh, Total... Bellas, Season 5, Episode 10, The Grand Finale. Uh, we are going to be on the zero second mark. It just shows a splash screen for original uh, E-Entertainment 
and then we will sing along with the title break so we can try to sync up again. Thank you for joining us, whoever the hell is masochistic enough to do this with us. But if you, hey, if you did the big show show with me, you can do this. This is just twice as long, that's all. Uh, Krista, thank you for joining me. It's yet to be seen if Krista will actually weigh in on the events of what's about to happen. But we're going to count to three, and on three, we're going to hit play on the finale of Total Bellas. One, two, three. Are you excited, Krista? Yes. <laughs> I need to tell you my parents are coming to, to France. Uh, so as you just heard me review, uh, Artem has invited his, his parents to Europe. Uh, it's pretty clear that that uh, the show wants you to believe Nikki is not ready for marriage. Even though the entire series has been about Nikki and John Cena who is no longer mentioned on the show, uh, <laughs> potentially getting married. And before that, Nikki's uh, looking for a serious relationship, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh, there they are. They look like my auntie and uncle. They do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so I don't know how you feel, but I don't think Daniel Bryan and Bree have resolved their problems at all. At least not on this show. I don't know if something happens in this episode that's revolutionary. But it seems like the core issue of Brie and Daniel Bryan's problems has not been resolved. Take an over. Wait for it. Taking over the world. Total Bellas. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles, uh, which I'm counting my lucky stars I did not have to travel to this year. Uh, yesterday would have been the last day of E3. Oh. Uh, if there was one. Here we go. Little boomerang action. Oh, they they did go to Paris. You can't not, I guess, right? Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> we're, we're at the destination now. Yeah, open up the meats. <laughs> I like Nikki's hat. This is a cute little, like, probably Airbnb they're in, eh? She's obsessed with France. Last time they were there, they rented out like a mansion. Is it Nikki going to speak French? Are we going to get a bonjour out of her? Uh, Are we going to get any Russian out of her is the question. No. She's already decided after their lesson that she would not embarrass herself by speaking gibberish in front of Artem's parents. Uh, I'm so excited. What is she wearing? Like a poncho? No, it's like a... Yeah, she's got little slits for her arms. Yeah. Like a capelet. This I hate these people. Like fuck off. This is none of their business. What? Based on this show, uh that's a cute house. Like, how does Artem feel about all this? I guess he's he's got a mission, right? So he's feel about what? The, his family? Her family? That they invited themselves uh, when he was when he's planning to propose, and that is the that is the reason why. Well, he Nikki's didn't want to... mom and and JJ and JJ's wife, whose name I can never remember, have invited themselves on this Lauren. trip to France. Lauren, okay. Lauren, I think. I'll remember it because their mom is married to John Laurenitis. <laughs> okay. Eat some croissants because France. Do you think that he asked the mom for permission? Did Artem? Yeah, I think he's going to. In this oh, episode. you think he's going to? No, I think, think he, he did, yet. but I think in the show he is also going to. Mm. 
brother also has two children. Yeah, they're Who's well, taking care of no, all three children They right throw now. the children together and they'll take care of each other. They're like Lord of the Flies. Boom, 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 boom. Just checking that uh, everything's working here as we have had extended uh, technical difficulties. This laptop is li- literally falling apart. Uh, okay, time to fuck. I always feel like they're seconds from having sex. It's, yes. But that's how I feel about Nikki Bella in any scene alone with a man in this show. <laughs> that's true. Uh, ooh, horses. Looks like a cool place. Looks like a a French wine country. I like that. I like the windows. I like the, uh, the decor. On brand for Bellas. Yeah. They like to be fancy. Close the door. Oh. The text, the font they use for subtitles always reminds me of, uh, like, papyrus font, but it's totally not. Nice boots. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. It wasn't from that guy, was it? Wow. Are we going to hear how much it's worth? That wasn't him, was it? No. That other man was much older, I believe. Yeah, the imagine buying, basically spending your life savings on an engagement ring, and then your girlfriend's sister is charged with bringing it to Europe for you. Here, holy fuck, Artem's probably just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> also, thank, considering he, thank as of yet, still does not have a job. Thank you so right? much for not fucking this up. Now I can be married to Nikki Bella. Uh-oh. Uh oh, hide it. Quick. Oh hey. Just do it right now, Norm. Just do it. Yeah, it's suspicious. Why Don't are you suspicious. in a room together Don't with the be door closed? Suspicious. Oh, I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> you look the same. Okay. Nikki's like, I got my fur coat on, you know what that means. Take a nap. <laughs> It's like Assassin's Creed, this place. Wow. 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 Uh, I thought she was going to say, how do you say hello in French? I swear to God. However, asking how to say hello in Russian, also unacceptable. (laughs) Like, fucking remember one thing. Uh, poor Artem is just like, I'm so embarrassed. There's a lot of syllables. It's going to be an embarrassing wedding, he says. He's wearing his very best shirt that has a big slit in it. No, those are buttons. That's like a Henley shirt. Yeah, but you never button that up. Oh, Artem's losing it. You would wear it the same way he was wearing it. I've been dancing in America for 15 years to try to bring my parents over to... But he's never gone to, like, visit them? I don't know. Six years since he's seen them, he says. Fifteen. I'm not, I'm not, he's older than that now, but look at him. Little Artem. Look at this guy. Cutting a rug. I need dance education. I don't like this slicked back hair look for Artem. I like his hair here better. (laughs) If I, if we're ranking Artem hair. Uh... There was like a uh, there was like a season break at some point, even though the episodes didn't take a week off, where suddenly 
uh, every, all of Daniel Bryan's talking heads, he no longer had a beard and he was clean shaven. And then yeah. Artem has this like slicked back hair. I agree. I prefer uh, his natural hair look. Artem. <laughs> he reminds me of, for some reason, of Draco Malfoy with that hair. Oh, Draco Malfoy wishes. Oh my god. It's Aww. Vladimir and Anna Chigvaldston or something. Of course his dad's named Vladimir. Oh, nice big hug. Aww. This is feel good. I don't this music is is just fits perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> just creeping through the window. Oh, that's not <laughs> Yeah. It's exciting. Why would anybody be nervous about this? Why oh wouldn't this gosh. be just a great time? The first time he sees his parents in six years, and he's invited them to this house with Full all of, of the drunk, Bellas. All, a bunch of drunk Californians. <laughs> oh my god, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you. <laughs> I can't even... I'm just. She should have said, I'm going to wing it. I'm just going to make noises that sound like when Artem speaks Russian. Oh, that's terrible. Why didn't she hire that Andy guy? Why didn't she make any effort to learn Russian? This is great. Oh. Oh. See, I told you. Ah, uh, you're that. right. He definitely asked her not on camera. Oh. Uh, so... I really hate the constant recaps for padding the episode where like before every commercial break, there's 30 seconds of what you're going to see after the commercial break. I can't. Uh, here we go. Artem, you're crying so much. Your parents aren't even crying. Son, stop crying. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> You're embarrassing me and your mother. Okay. Wow, they look alike, he says. <laughs> well, they are identical twins. Aww. This would be such a fun time. Why the fuck is JJ there? <laughs> JJ has no reason to be there. At least JJ dressed nice. And he didn't, like, send a... At least he's not shirtless. Yeah, he didn't, like, send a picture <laughs> of his dick to his cousins or whatever. Hey, you know, she's trying, but also uh, try harder. <laughs> yeah. She's seeing all your Instagram. She, I, My Artem voice slips into Austrian sometimes. You don't have a good Artem voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could do like a Kermit. He's more of like a Kermit. He sees all your pictures on the Instagram. The... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bree's like, I'm going to wear my finest leopard print. <laughs> oh, they don't know English. No. Oh, they should have brought that Andy guy after all. He could have been another translator. You you do realize how important facials are. <laughs> in, in Russian, lasagna. <laughs> Bitch, you don't know what was on the table? Is this lasagna? Nikki makes a face as if to say, I don't know. <laughs> How do you not know? I mean, I bet 
they're just given food. You know what I mean? Maybe it's... Okay. Uh, catered. <laughs> I mean, that is a thing the Bellas do. <laughs> Artem's face the whole time uh, they're doing the hip hip hooray. <laughs> he's got complicated emotions. He, I don't know if he's like happy or embarrassed. That wasn't Burgundy fans. It's like B- Benny or something. A dog with a pineapple. This is Alberic. What? Who? Constance Bichot. Uh, do the Bre- do the Bella twins realize that's not Artem's parents? They're there for work. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm going to take a picture with these beautiful ladies. Mm. Uh, Artem seems like a sweet guy, and he has the whole series. Yeah, and look, he's, he's carrying his mom's purse. He's, he's literally never been the bad guy in this in this show. Never. I wish many years of really spicy sex with Nikki Bella. <laughs> That's all I wish for him. I do, I don't like wine. The idea of like spending a whole day drinking wine sounds so awful. I think we just haven't had good wine. Well. The, like beer's good. I I went on that beer tour for that bachelor party. That was good. I could I could drink beer for I could drink a little or a lot of beer over the course of 9 hours, uh but maybe you need to go on a wine tour to appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, what? What? They ate snail and everybody's upset. <laughs> If you thought it was a mushroom and you enjoyed it, that's the point uh, of of escargot. I'm gonna I like take... Bree's dress. Oh, yeah. One of these is Dr. Pepper. Let's see if you know which one it is. <laughs> what, didn't JJ did do that? They did a good job, though. They did. Uh... I would have never bet against Nikki and Bree in terms of... Alcoholism? Uh, their alcoholism. <laughs> uh, Bree is wearing a cute outfit. It is. A, it's cute. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I'm not just getting sloshed. I always sloshed. like the way Bree dresses. A what? Not gonna spit that one. I don't spit a drink that was touched by a pretty girl's glass. Okay. Hartem is asking the Bella's mom out on a date. Secret date. Let's Secret go. date. When? Right now. Let's blow this joint. <laughs> Come on. I got a Vespa outside. He's so charismatic. He does sound like he's like asking people on dates all the time. Is that what charisma means? No, I don't know what it means. <laughs> speak, speak to people as if you're asking them on a date. It's, it's bone. Bon. Is where they are. I don't know how I heard Burgundy earlier. Well, Burgundy wines. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. They did say Burgundy. Well, then you had to find a way to hawk that ring. Go find some French king. Try to sell it to him. 
What's with all these butt plug shaped bushes in this place? Topiaries. Butt plug shaped topiaries. Yeah, shut up for once, you know? I want to Mama su- Bella getting what she wants. I have surprise for you. I have your ex husband in my coat. Oh, what? Oh, feeling pregnant. Good thing you've been drinking all this wine. What? What's happening? What's he doing? He's planning... Oh, he's planning like a sitcom proposal with like candles and stuff? You saw he was in like a full tuxedo in that preview. That's true. I thought they were just out of somewhere fancy. That's what Nikki wants and deserves. Somebody who would do this. For cameras. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, he knows a good prestige, this guy. He's a dancer, you know? He knows how to put on a show. Yeah, he worked on a reality TV show, right? Presumably. Uh, I didn't fact check that. We're just told. <laughs> <laughs> just assumed it was correct. It's like where Batman lives. Oh. There we go. That's all very nice. I, my parents must think this is very strange, <laughs> seeing us walk. I presumably he told them what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, I don't know. I only know what I've been shown. Do it, man. Artem, it's up to you. Nice jacket. So, like, when's this, you know? Like, he's, like, got different hair, he's got a different look, his beard's different. These talking heads are getting getting strange. Was Artem previously married? No. Why do I feel like that? I think that might be... Oh, the E-Network stands against, uh, uh, what? Stand together in outrage? Is that what that said? It's a good sign. That's a good sign to us. Uh, to who? To, to us. us, yeah. When you see yes. a cat, they they show you where the good stuff. They know what's yeah. good. If a black cat is in fact bad luck, then a mostly white calico cat is nothing. Uh, I believe is how the superstition goes. Uh, don't hold your cell phone too close to that microphone. It shouldn't do that anymore. Remember when microphones used to do that. I don't. They go like. Meh, 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 meh. Oh, I apologize if that happened. La Maison du Bastion. Okay. We did it, Bree. Me and you, we did it. What did you? What did you? Uh-huh. Tell who? What? What's happening? They're gonna tell them. JJ and Lauren. Yeah. Why? Because they're busybodies. <laughs> they can't just stay out of it. Well, that's it's that's one of it's one or the other. If you're nauseous, it's either all the wine or it is pregnancy. She got kind of like a Rachel going on here, didn't she? Okay, wait. Did Bree call them in there both to tell them about the proposal and to watch her pee on a stick? Because Bree will pee on a stick in front of anyone. At more, least in front bread. of a rolling camera. More bread. 
Uh, the thing about Europe is you walk, I feel like, like most places that aren't here, uh, you walk more. So chowing a croissant is like, you're going to use those carbs, you know? Whereas here you eat a croissant, that croissant it will be on your body when you die. But they're delicious. Oh, they're helping him. Okay. Okay. JJ's like, this is bullshit. I thought I was just being a third wheel on a vacation. I didn't know I have to help. I thought I just got a free vacation. Yeah, but what about the magic mirror behind you? (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Does someone tell Nikki before the proposal that she will be proposed to? I feel like JJ is going to fuck something up. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I have no reason to believe JJ is unreliable. He's just kind of like a goofball. Uh, It seems like they're all in. It seems like they're all into it. What a cute little flower store that is on the corner there. Look at this place. Wow. Man, he he rented a hall to propose to his girlfriend in? Dude, you don't have a job. I'm sure he has savings. He also does jobs that isn't dancing, I think. I have hired 30 of the greatest Russian musicians. Hey, Artem... You earned it, man. You've put in effort here. You're at like 230% here. This is... You're... You've... You're already in France. Yeah. You already got a ring that, as far as I could tell, is just a giant diamond. Uh, Look, good on him. You've hired people. You've got, you've got like... He's also like design... Like he's designed... Yeah. Interiors and stuff. So I can see he's a very visual person. Some some people do, <laughs> some people propose many but not times. Artem. Artem's like, I'm just going to pace for a while. <laughs> you have to think about it. Oh oh shit, Artem, why is your hand in your pocket? Oh, it's time. <gasps> and Daniel Bryan is here. Oh he. Oh now he has he shaved. Got a haircut. He has he has shaved in the in the timeline of the. Wait, how long was his hair in the last clip we saw him? Like long, when he was in the 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 was healing shack. Uh. Long, luxurious hippie hair. Who does JJ think he is wearing these coats? <laughs> that's the, I feel like that's the only outfit I've seen him in. Did he only bring one outfit? He looks like the, he looks like the one white guy in a kung fu movie. Oh, is it, they're going to see Artem's brother? What? Oh. That's oh, fun. nice. Very, uh, Anton. family. Artem and Anton. Episode. Yes. Uh, yes, it, it, it further endears Artem to you, because you're like, oh, his, his family is just a Russian middle class, lower yeah. middle class family. Uh, he, he's maybe the most successful person in his entire family lineage, right? As far as we know. Like, um, 
I don't know anything about him. I mean, look at look at look at what he's paying for here. Yeah, but considering that like Nikki and Bree bring their family everywhere, it's nice to see that he's bringing. Yeah, they're probably his writing it off, together. right? Well, if they're doing probably, like work stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> don't tell the tax man about the Bellas. <laughs> Ooh, girl. This is very... Wow. Arden, you must really love your brother. Damn, look, they got, like, cool guy hair waiter. They got, is that David Bowie? <laughs> <laughs> when Bowie is some wine. Aww. There he is. He doesn't look like much of a dancer, that guy. No. That's more of a construction worker or something. That's a weird place to put your hand on your brother while hugging him. Where? Right on his hip. Why? Maybe it's a Russian thing. Oh, this guy's rushing. He's very touchy. This like, guy's rushing as hell, holding lots of people's <laughs> arms and hands. Artem's parents are just like old people Russian, but when you see his brother, you're like, oh, he's rushing as hell. Like this guy's. I don't know if that you know what I mean by that, Aww. but look at that. That's fun. It's good times. I'm happy that we're uh, 25 minutes into this, and there hasn't been uh, some kind of forced conflict. You know. <laughs> Because it's uh, it's unnecessary. Let them be happy for once. Yeah. yeah. David Bowie serving champagne. <laughs> I bought this place. I live here now. Is Brie... Is that her hair? No, it's a head wrap. <laughs> it's not her hair. The hell is going on? Everybody looks so awkward. Everybody is super <laughs> awkward. <laughs> Artem starts crying. <laughs> ah, I guess it's part for the course. Yeah. I have to constantly cry when we are together, so she will not suspect anything. Cried when he saw his parents. Oh, do you know why I go Kermit? Because uh, Constantine from that Puts the Most Wanted movie. Oh. I'll give you anything you want, baby. That should be Artem. <laughs> why? Give you anything you want, anything that you will need. Make your dreams come true. If he starts singing that, I'm going to fucking pop off. There has to be 37 different beverages on that table. That's a table I can get behind. Why don't you take this rose from me, my love? <laughs> Smooch me in front of the window. Artem, aware of the camera, is not cupping Nikki's ass. Otherwise, there'd be no excuse. Oh, Artem, you're being so f romantic. Wait, are they just dancing in the corner while everybody's sitting down to have dinner? Uh, no, I think they're in a different room. Okay. As far as I know. No, but they are sitting down to have dinner and they're in a different he's, room he's dancing. Gonna, he's going to do it. She knows he's going to do it. They're going to do it together. You have to step over here so the cameras go off. <laughs> it's happening. Oh my god. The curtain's going to open. There's going to be something there. Artem, do it. <gasps> Is that band warming up or are they, in fact, playing music? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Okay. What song is this? I wonder if they're playing something that couldn't be cleared 
And so that is uh, that is music filler. And uh... the person who had to do the music filler is a DJ. Who's usually like... Like the rest of the music on this show. So he's like, you know what string music sounds like? Remember what? Uh, they met on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, okay. Back when he had bleached hair. Uh, yes, and that's why I didn't recognize him. <laughs> is he? A, is you know him now? We s- saw him. <laughs> I think on a previous episode when she was talking about doing this. What is happening? Arkham's going to, like, lock his knees and pass out or something right away if he doesn't get this over with. I hope the microphone's been picking up just very soft Animal Crossing music this whole time. Okay. Okay. That's like the Nikki Bella sound. Oh. While she still holds her champagne glass. You can. On TV, you can. <laughs> hey, let's just go uh, interrupt them. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck off, Bree. I don't know. How many more times can I say it? Oh, shit. Artem, get your hand off your penis. That is inappropriate. Inappropriate? <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> Nikki would say inappropriate. Oh, they're waiting. Waiting for what? I heard her say no, says JJ. Storms in and beats up Artem. Oh, there it is. He he popped it. Uh. <laughs> Wait, where did she look? Do you think she could see them? Wait, what? Now he unproposed? No, we gotta watch oh. that five second clip again. Artem, not again. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Nikki uh, seems mostly generally surprised because she's an awful actress. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I think she knows that. Yeah. (laughs) You think if the Bellas thought they were good actresses, that they would be in movies. They would get, they would ask their managers to get them. There's a reason why they're in movies. Yeah. That's why I think I like them. (laughs) They're just screaming. They're realistic. Uh... Look, they know, they, they do what they're good at. They know, they know athletic wear. They're going to sell athletic wear. Yeah. They know wine. They're going to sell wine. They do know wine. They know baby's clothing. Baby's clothing. They have Birdie Bee. Isn't that children's clothes? No, Birdie Bee is an athletic wine. Is it? I think they might have some children's clothes, but 
Birdie Children B athletic a, clothes? Birdie B's a, like athletic Oh, is that for real? Like clothing, like t-shirts. Oh, I thought Birdie stuff. B was like a children's clothing No, line. it's not. It's like clothing. Oh, his parents. Well, I guess his mom's crying. Brie just pukes. Uh, in fact, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki Bella posted a, their, what's that thing called? Uh, the gender reveal party. Yeah. And Artem was wearing a Birdie B jacket. Was it, did it look men. good? Yeah, it did look good. It's just a camo jacket. What was the gender revealed? Oh, We're getting ahead of ourselves know? here. They just got engaged. Well, Krista. sorry. <laughs> what, was it a boy? Do you want to know? Yeah, I don't care. Okay, well then no. <laughs> what, is it a boy? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. I could tell. You could tell? <laughs> From uh, what? Was there a Brie gender reveal? Do we know not yet, no. Okay. Not yet. They did not. Uh, that's That's fun. That's cool. That kid can be like, that kid has got to do something. Be a tennis star or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's got to. If that kid has Artem's legs. Wow. And Nikki's tits. That kid's <laughs> going places. All right, then. You can cry. This family cries, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool. You know. Uh, I mean, to leave your family in Russia at fifteen. Yeah, that's young. Ah. Uh... Now, now. That's nice. Uh, yeah, the sentiment nice. is uh, is nice. Uh, it's it's really nice to see uh, a genuine family. It's nice. <laughs> yes, it's nice to see real people on a reality show, uh, which it is, really seems is. fucked up to say, but uh, people who are genuinely yes. happy for their children. Uh, yes. It leaves a good taste in your mouth. It does uh, from a season that has mostly been miserable, other than Artem. Uh, yeah, he's really been uh, a diamond. In yeah, this. like Daniel Bryan's a fucking bummer. Uh, yeah, I still like him, but he is he's a very sad, sad he's boy. A sad man. He's sad. What? Oh. Oh. Damn! I've never seen someone steal their own thunder. <laughs> uh. I've never seen someone be like, listen, I got engaged, but let's not forget it's also my birthday. <laughs> what? Is that something you really want to have said? No, but I think it's, but I think I want you to know it. Uh, that's something that someone says in a profound way after many glasses of wine. What? Oh, she's going to sing? Mom's going to get married to the brother. Oh, is it a big croissant? <laughs> no, it looks like a chocolate slab. We're running out of time here for baby drama. We've got eight minutes left. That's all you need. Oh, yeah. If you're efficient. We get we get to hear them sing happy birthday in real time. That's what you get <laughs> from Total Bellas. You know when you're at like a party and they're singing happy birthday and you're like, let's get on with it. Like, how many times? 
It's even better when it's people you don't know on a television show you're waiting to end. Oh, back home. Flenix, Arizona. Can't die. I want to be the second unit director and uh, photography people that have to go to the desert to just get pictures of the desert. <laughs> I love it. B-roll. The B-roll team? Oh, Daniel Bryan, did you get de-aged? <laughs> hey, fellow kids. Oh, no. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, if my dad shaved his mustache, I wouldn't know who he, he is. He looks like a baby. Uh, he does look uh, significantly younger. Yeah. Al Bryan is not that old. No, he's not. But <laughs> he's all like... that hair just adds age to him. It's got hard years. Uh, I'm the. I mean, that goes for anyone. Like, I I need to have a scruff. I meant to shave. Once I shave this, it's you like, look like a baby. I I look significantly younger. Yeah. Getting carded at the LC, you know. What? So Bree's now. She, I'm she's pregnant. Symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Ziggy, what are you doing? Yeah. In case you missed it, that was, do you think you could be pregnant? They cut to a commercial, they come back, and he's like, do you think they might be pregnant? And then they played a different song after he said it. (laughs) Fuck, fuck reality shows. I got a real problem with the Bella Twins being like, I feel pregnant. Did you take a test? And then they don't answer. (laughs) There's a real, uh,. What is it about them and, like, holding out? Is it because they can't drink uh, once they know they're pregnant? <laughs> yeah, probably. Blissful uh, ignorance? Oh, yeah, you guys he... fucked in that tent. Like, for yeah. sure you did. That's what all that noise was. He, he let... looks so happy. Brian <laughs> let go of so much sadness in her... <laughs> baby. That's what she just said. <laughs> All right, Birdie. Time for you to watch Mama pee on a stick. Hours of sex. Well, now you're referencing Actually, something that sorry. not everybody will will see. No, sorry, uh, but that's I, okay. I I got distracted. Hey, there's no better time to watch Sex in the City uh, here in 2020. If you for some reason. Okay, now what? Still didn't pee on a stick. <laughs> Bree and Brian's house. Daniel Bryan is such a saint for putting up with her. In in terms of, here's yet another scene where she's like, I feel sick. And he's like, oh yeah. Well, well I, I think he's trying to hide his joy at it, her possibly being pregnant. Yeah, but also she's, like, complaining about being sick constantly. And he's like, take a fucking pregnancy test. Look at him. Look how happy he he's, looks. He's happy. We don't get to see her physically pee this time. The They ended the series the way it started. Isn't this how it started? That's right. You uh, a stick? It's, it's it, poetic. <laughs> <laughs> it all begins... 
with peeing on a stick, and it all ends with peeing on a stick. Don't rest it on the back of the toilet. Come on. Look at that thing they got behind their bed. We don't got I one like, like that. that. No, ours is not that big. That that thing's like the size of their bed. Let me go buy uh like two hundred dollars worth in rope. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Bree seems uh, constantly surprised by <laughs> how the world works. She's like a newborn learning every day. Can you believe that we had unprotected sex and then the next month I was pregnant? Yes. That doesn't always happen that way. It's unbelievable. have a baby if you can afford uh, that thing you have behind your bed there you can afford a second kid i don't, you know, where to... I don't know where your math is on that no but, but if you <laughs> if you bought one of those in a store that'd be 500 bucks like that's about what you need to raise a kid right 500 bucks 50 bucks a year 10 years <laughs> did you see how much cheese we ate <laughs> Oh, hey, you can't just interrupt somebody. Sure you can. Uh, I like to call this look not wearing makeup, wearing makeup. It's a it's a thing. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just calling it out. Yeah. Hold on. Let me put on makeup so I can not be wearing makeup. It's when they look the most like each other. Yes. Because they do their makeup different. Brie always does yeah. weird lips. Really. Don't carry that around your purse. You can just tell her she'll believe you. No. You have to have the physical proof. That's not even the same pregnancy test as earlier. She's peed on another stick. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I am. It was a weird... Did, are you happy? <laughs> are you happy to be pregnant? Actually, I am. <laughs> Is Nikki not going to be revealed to be pregnant here? We got a minute. I don't know. I think they're going to do it in like a flash forward. And then we have to like look forward to it next season? Yeah, we get to look forward to it. <laughs> second nanny right it's so hard raising a kid <laughs> with a nanny when i'm not raising my kid second nanny do you know who you don't see on this show the, the nanny. nanny they played that yep. clip on the very first episode of, oh see told you Artem's so happy wait is there one more episode oh my god i hope not I swear to God. Are we not done? 
I've called it the finale so many times. No, I think there's another episode. <laughs> that can't be, Krista. <laughs> You're bad. At it this. can't be. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It has to be because I just. It must have just aired because I just saw. That's that, impossible. That that gender reveal I talked about. That's not it, a few minutes ago. It can't be. Total Bella's list of episodes. Uh, oh no. <laughs> So, uh, That's the show... what I talked about. I thought it would happen. So the show's not over. <laughs> uh, when the season started, I looked at how many episodes were planned, and there was ten. And now that we've gotten to the tenth episode... Uh, you know what's the worst part? What's that? That that episode's already out. I told you. I just said. Oh my god. I can't believe this. And now look, there's nothing beyond that. So, uh, join us again next week, uh, when me and Krista will also do a commentary on episode 11 of Total Bellas, and any other episodes that decide to come out. Because why stop now? Why can't this go on forever? Krista, thank you for joining me. I feel at a loss. I thought I was, I thought this was it, you know? That's the only reason I brought the gender reveal, because I thought it would happen. Oh my god, I thought that happened just in life. No, that nothing's. Things don't just happen in life. How could this happen? <laughs> okay, well, if you want to interact with the show, please do so anywhere you can leave a comment, uh, topic, or question for the show. At Tits Iceberg on Twitter is how you reach us there. Leah is my email address, and you can also send questions and topics there. Uh, for myself, for Reed at the start of this episode, in what seems like uh, eight hours ago, and for <laughs> Krista... Thank you for joining us today on uh, on Sultans of Slam as we've reviewed UFC 250 AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday and what I thought were the last two episodes of Total Bellas, but it turns out there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more to come. I am at a complete loss. There's a whole baby to come. Oh my god. Oh my god. Slam and welcome to